This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. All right, my friends, welcome to another episode of the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast. I'm Brent, and I'm really excited to be answering your jazz and music-related questions five days out of the week. And today is our Fast Track Friday episode. This is where I look back on this week's episodes, kind of see some reoccurring themes, and provide you with a strategy that's been really helping my students and, of course, has helped myself in the past. Today, I'm going to be talking about the concept of bad Jazz solos, B A D. It's an acronym. This is not a foreign concept to this podcast, but I wanted to reintroduce this in season two of the show here because it truly is a strategy that I believe is incredibly powerful. And it really has been helping a lot of our inner circle members since we introduced this at an inner circle retreat a year ago. In fact, if you go into our Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle community, we like to post recordings of our playing to get feedback and to share our progress with each other. And it's a really fun, vibrant community. But you will see from time to time in the title of people's posts, their bad jazz solo, right? Like they're literally saying, I did a bad jazz solo here. And again, when we say bad jazz solo, that's an acronym that stands for BAD, which I'll go over here in a second. All this to say, it's really powerful. And so I hope you really dig into this episode today and put this one to practice in your playing this week. So what does bad jazz solo mean? Why would you do one? So a bad jazz solo is a way to give yourself a feedback loop. One of the biggest problems folks have, and we discussed a little bit here on this podcast, is the feeling of not improving, right? Or the feeling of not knowing what to do next or how to improvise. And oftentimes when we're feeling stuck, we just need to really look at what's going on underneath the hood in our jazz playing and become our own best jazz coach, right? I consider myself a jazz coach. That's what I do in our inner circle membership. But I want to pass on this knowledge of like not just giving you fish, but teaching you how to fish here, right? And this is what the bad jazz solo strategy is all about. It's helping give you a feedback loop, an insight into your playing that you may not have right now, that if you can get that insight and make a pivot, could help you change the trajectory of your playing, improve a lot faster and have more fun, right? That's what we want to do. We don't want you to get frustrated and stuck and feel like you're not improving, all right? So let's go over it. The premise of the bad jazz solo strategy is you're going to be recording yourself taking a solo. That's kind of the backdrop, the scene of this strategy here. 
you're going to record yourself. And that could be very simple. It could be just you pulling out your smartphone and using the recorder on there. Uh, if you have a more elaborate setup, that's fine too. But honestly, the quality isn't as important as is just you being able to hear the sounds If you want, you could take a video of yourself because that might give you some further insight as well, especially to the technical side of what you're actually doing. Um, But really, it's just a, a documentation process is what the Bad Jazz Solo is all about. So you're recording yourself. Here comes the acronym here. B stands for brave. B stands for brave. When you're taking your solo, you are leaving your ego at the door. Um, we're not recording this solo so that we can listen back later and, and feel good about ourselves and be like, Hey, look how awesome I am or wanting to impress ourselves or other people. That's just not the purpose of this exercise here. And so it's really important that you try to check your ego at the door here. Um, sometimes we can like, for example, we'll start our recording and then we'll play a note we don't like, and we'll, we'll, we'll scrap the recording, right? Because it's like, ah, I didn't like what I just played, but uh, you know, unless you're really botching up the melody or something and, it's, and and it might not be good for the sake of the exercise, like you're not really worried about that. It's it's really about just giving you a snapshot and insight to how you play right now today. So leave your ego at the door. Brave also stands for taking risks, right? Um, a good jazz musician is going to take some risks in their playing. They're not always going to play to their comfort zone. They're going to try to implement things they haven't done before. Um, and we'll talk more about that in a second, but it's one that's saying like, I'm not afraid to make a mistake here. I'm just trying to play something musical and follow my intuition. That's what true improvisation is all about, right? So that's B stands for brave there. The next one is A and A stands for audited, audited. So after you're done recording your, your jazz solo here, you're going to listen back to it. And you're going to ask yourself two questions. The first question is, what did I love about my jazz playing, right? And it's really important that you get specific here into what those things are. Like when you're listening, what's the good feeling you're getting? It's actually more of an emotional question than a matter of fact question. It's how did I feel when I did this? Maybe it's you know, I actually really like the way I go up the register often and I jump for and I grab for notes, right? Maybe it's I like the way I play chord changes. Maybe it's I like my time feels really good. Um, it could be a number of things. Maybe I like my tone. I mean, it could be so many different things. And I want you to label all of those and write them all down. And even feel free to get specific, like at, you know, 131, I played this line and I really liked it, right? And the purpose of writing down the things that you love is these are actually some of the things that you actually might want to practice more than anything else. There are things that have even just a small glimmer of potential. Um, And they're just like wine, like fine wine. They need to be refined. You need to finesse them a little bit more to extract, extract more of the goodies from them. Does that make sense? So you want to identify those. The next question is, what did I not like about my playing? And of course, this is the one that a lot of us like to go to first. Um, I'm asking you to go for it second because I actually believe that it potentially is secondary to what you love. And of course, this is again, a a more of an emotional question. Like where, where did you get a bad feeling about it? Oops, I played the same lines over and over and over again. 
my time's not very good. I'm not playing the chord changes, right? And then again, you can get specific at at 043. I did not play the chord changes in the minor 251, right? Um, and then you can ask questions about why and where and how, right? And when we're writing down all these things that we don't like, the the idea isn't to feel bad about ourselves or you know, any of that stuff. We're really looking at it very objectively and just going like, hey, here are some deficiencies in my playing. And here's the thing, the vast majority of us have never done these two things. The vast majority of us never really take the time to ask ourselves why we don't like our playing or why we do like elements of our playing. And so it's really important that we do this because a lot of us don't have this self-awareness. And the truth is the best jazz musicians in the world have not only become good at playing and improvising and playing their instruments. I mean, they've become masters of practice and knowing what to practice and how to practice. And that's part of what this is, that self-awareness that we're trying to get. Okay, so that's A stands for audited. D stands for directional. This is important. This is where after we're done taking that jazz solo and we've done our audit, we're coming up with at least one strategy for each one. So maybe one of the things that you liked was you like the way you play up in the register. So what's one strategy that you can take away that would help you play in higher registers more often? Or what's one intervolic leap that you really liked? Can you play that in different keys? Can you try different patterns? Can you do this or that? Can you apply that to the jazz standard that you're working on right now, right? One strategy that you can work on that will help you improve that thing that you're already good at even more. And that thing, it's it's more likely to blossom and grow faster because you're already showing potential there, right? Then you move on to the things that you're not so good at, right? And those are going to be a little bit harder to churn through, but that's okay. You've identified one of them, come up with one strategy. Maybe it's, I'm not good at playing jazz language, right? It it just, it sounds like scales. Great. Okay. Here's the jazz standard I'm working on. Let's learn a chorus of this solo by ear. Let's learn eight bars of this solo by ear. One strategy could be a completely different strategy from what I just named. could be a completely different problem from what I just named. But we're coming up with actual solutions, directional, D for directional. There's going to be direction so that by the time we record another bad jazz solo later, we've practiced something to improve on those things. And then the feedback loop loop starts all over again. We do another bad jazz solo, go go through the practice again. And now we're our own jazz coach and now we're improving. Now we're making pivots and we're making tweaks and we're starting to improve a little bit faster than we were before where we were just kind of aimlessly practicing, wandering, not really knowing what's working, what's not working, right? So that's the bad jazz solo strategy. Highly encourage you to start start taking action on that. All right, that's all for this week of the podcast. Really appreciate you listening. And hey, what I'd also really appreciate is if you could go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening right now, and leave a rating and review, tell others why you're enjoying this podcast. Uh, it takes just a little bit of time to do, but it's really helpful for the show just to show other people, you know, hey, this is a podcast worth listening to and you know, let others know how you're benefiting from it. So I appreciate that help. And of course, never hesitate to share the show with someone else that you know would find it beneficial. Share it on social media, share it by email to a friend, you know, share the love, spread the love. That's what this is all about here. Uh, of course, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Don't want you to miss out on any episodes. We have a really good week coming up next week. So I definitely want you to tune in for our last week of the month here on the podcast because there's some goodies in here and it's going to be a good one. So subscribe wherever you listen. Until then, happy practicing and cheers. Cheers.
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.